This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Wednesday the 24th of March 2021. And Norman, according to covidlive.com.au, there's been nearly 300,000 doses of coronavirus vaccine have been delivered across Australia since the rollout began. But we heard from epidemiologist Mary Louise McLaws weeks ago that we would have to be vaccinating about 190,000 people a day to reach our October targets. And of course, we haven't been vaccinating that many people a day for weeks now. So presumably, we've got to make up that shortfall. And Norman, what are these barriers that are stopping us from, from really ramping up this rollout? at to the stage that it needs to be at for us to actually meet those targets? Well, one barrier is simple logistics, is that we don't have the vaccine. We haven't had the vaccine in the country. We didn't get a batch of Astra, which was blocked by Italy coming in. It may well be in the future out of the 20 million Pfizer doses, they may be delayed as well as if they get blocked by Europe, hopefully they won't be. And so we've got a supply issue while our local supply comes on stream, which is coming on stream now. And that's going to be a good thing, but that's a million a week that's supposedly coming on. Now, we've had more vaccine in the country. We should have been able to distribute it more than we have. We haven't been able to do that. And there's been miscommunication between the federal government and general practice. So general practice is confused, the community is confused, and not enough vaccines are getting through to general practice. So there are multiple issues here. And, of course, the federal government is committed to doing this through general practice, which is fine. General, there's a lot of general practices wanting to do that. There's been success with the GP respiratory clinics in doing testing. And we can actually see a ramp up there. But you're absolutely right, Tegan, is that for every week that goes by and you miss that target, you just add on that target to the next week. And then you miss that target, you add it on to the next week. So you cumulatively are talking about much more than 190,000 a day because you've got to actually catch up. Now, what's going to have to happen down the track is that there's only going to be a limit to how much general practice can do. And we're going to have to include the states, not getting the states to take over, but the states can tool up, I imagine, pretty quickly to provide services for large numbers of people in convention centres, in football stadiums, in other places, independent of hospitals, so people can get on with a regular job here. And that would be for all comers. Once we've got people immunised that are at high risk, healthcare workers, people in aged care, etc., then you could just say to people, forget all this business, turn up at your local convention centre, we'll tell you what the waiting time is and just get it done. You don't have to make an appointment. Just turn up and anybody turn up who wants it. And you deliver it that way, in addition to general practice, not instead of, in addition. That's the sort of uplift you're going to have to need and the, you're going to need and the Commonwealth Government will inevitably move in that direction. It's the only way they're going to achieve the target. Right, so as soon as the really top, top priority people are done, it doesn't matter so much what order people are in the queue then. Norman, why is it so important to take the pressure off hospital systems and GP clinics? Well, they've got to get on the jo- with the job of looking after people who've got unexplained weight loss, who've got heart failure, who've got all sorts of problems that need to be looked after electrosurgery in hospitals, they've got to get on with the daily work of running those services. So in a sense, you've got to separate it out a little bit. That's why those GP respiratory clinics were so successful. It was in parallel to general practice and that you could just repeat that model in larger scale general practices. Your smaller scale general practices will be able to do it, but it will be 
fewer vaccines over a period of time. It's just not going to be in a mass scale. Right. And so the other big question that's still circulating this week is around AstraZeneca vaccine, which is the one of which we're going to have a million doses a week very soon, and whether it does or doesn't contribute to rare clotting disorders. What's the latest on this, Norman? Well, I don't think there's any more information than we spoke about yesterday in terms of um, blood clotting. The, the, what's new is that, I suppose, is that it wasn't just Germany that has discovered this pattern of antibodies. Norway has as well. So this is a pattern here and it is going to have to be tied down. But it does create a dilemma. Now, we put questions from yesterday's CoronaCast to the Therapeutic Goods Administration, who are the regulator here and have to monitor safety. They didn't address the issue, although we asked them to, of the German release from these German scientists. They've just repeated their previous, they're taking this seriously, they're looking at it closely, um, but they they still don't believe that there's a cause and effect relationship. We're getting a lot of questions from our audience. Giselle, Nicole, Salma and others have all written in sort of going, we're worried, we're young women under 55, um, and they're concerned that maybe it's not being looked at as closely enough as it should be. What's the issue here around perhaps sowing seeds of doubt when it comes to vaccine hesitancy? Well, I thought long and hard before we spoke about this uh, yesterday, and you pushed me on it as well. Why would we talk about it? The first thing that you need to say here is that this is not generalisable to everybody who's getting Astra. So this is not common or garden blood clotting. So if you're 60, 70, 80 years old, you are no more at risk of blood clots from Astra than anybody else. Uh, Younger men are almost certainly no more at risk of Astra. The blood clotting is rare and it's much rarer than, in other words, you you had 40,000 people in a trial or 30,000 people in a trial. This is happening at an, an even lower rate than that. So you won't necessarily pick this up in a trial. But overall, these this is a safe vaccine. But it's really important to be straight with the public so that they know where the risk may or may not lie. So it's not everybody. And it's not necessarily somebody who's elderly, who's had a history of blood clots. There's no sign of that at all. In fact, they need COVID-19 immunization more than anybody else because of the risk of this. And then the the question then is women under 55 and... We just don't know. We don't know whether they're carrying a gene. We just The information has not come out yet unless it's come out since we've recorded this conversation. I mean, I would say that just based on this is that the group of women who are most at risk of cerebral vein thrombosis in general are those who are taking the oral contraceptive pill. And that's extremely rare, by the way, extremely rare. That people would be at high risk of it from taking the pill. Well, you're not at high risk, you're at very low risk of it, but it does occur in that group of people. Women under 55 are people who get cerebral vein thrombosis and it's often from the pill. But when we say often, it's really rare. It's not a common side effect. And uh, that risk is accepted by women. And the question then is, should women on the pill not have Astra? Well, there's no evidence one way or the other on that. We've just got to sort this out. And one solution to sort before you sorted this out and really pin this down is perhaps reserving Pfizer for the time being for for those women. And remember, it's going to take us a while in Australia to get to women under 55, apart from healthcare workers. So you've got doctors and nurses and physios and others, border workers who are under 55. It may be that they should be having Pfizer just as a matter of prudence. But the authorities are not concerned that this is a generalizable problem. 
for young women who are listening, like, can we just put this into context a little bit? It's very, very early days. It's very, very rare. The evidence isn't proven yet, but it is a worth watching. It's worth watching. It's a rare and unusual situation. It seems to be happening round about day four. And so if there's somebody listening here, the sort of guidance that came out of the German group was headaches and feeling unwell, pretty common with these vaccines, particularly Astra, early on. That's nothing to worry about. It's an onset of a headache about day four. And that's when you should talk to your GP. There are a, there's a screening test that can be done. And if there is any sign of clotting, then the advice is not to use heparin or warfarin, two blood thinners, to use one of the others. But you know, I'm not giving this clinical guidance here, it's there. But we're doing this at such low levels at the moment in terms of low numbers in the healthcare worker community, it's very unlikely that anybody is going to experience this in Australia. Nobody experienced it, as far as we can see, in the clinical trials. And that's for groups of 30 and 40,000. So it's highly unlikely we're going to see any problem like this in Australia, even in people getting Astra vaccine. That, that screening test you mentioned, is that available in Australia? And what do you do if you're already on drugs like warfarin or heparin? We don't know. We just simply don't know. Warfarin is probably not a problem, but heparin, because they think it is what's called a heparin-induced thrombocytopenia without heparin. It's so, it sounds so complicated, it's unbelievable. But in, in a sense, heparin can cause a, a reduction in platelet count, the platelets which cause blood clotting. But in this case, it's the similar antibody response that you get with heparin without having ever had heparin. So these women are not on heparin, but they're getting a similar response. It's really complicated. It may well turn out to be nothing at all. It's just got to be run to ground. Super complicated. I feel like my brain's a little bit in knots, but like you say, important to figure out what's going on here. Yep. Well, that's all we've got time for on Coronacast today. And if you've got any questions or comments, keep them rolling in. You go to abc.net.au slash coronacast and click on Ask a Question and mention Coronacast and we'll pick them up as we go through. Sorry we're not giving some tr great answers on the thrombosis situation, but we will keep you abreast of it as it evolves. We'll see you tomorrow. See you then. Mm -hmm. 